Vishnupad Paramhamsa Parivraja Gacharashta Sadasi Srimad AC Bhaktivranta Swami Srila Prabhupada Ki Anantakota Vaishnavrindaki All glories to the assembled devotees All glories to the assembled devotees All glories to the assembled devotees All glories all glories to Shishu Guru and Gauranga All glories to Srila Prabhupada Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So today is Tuesday, March 10th, 2020, and we are going to read from Chaitanya Charitamrita Adi Lila, chapter 13, the advent of Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, text 108. Jaya Jaya Sri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Dvaita Chandra Jaya Gora Bhakta Vrinda Jaya Jaya Shri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda 
Jaya Dvaita Chandra Jaya Gora Bhakta Vrinda Jaya Jaya Shri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Dvaita Chandra Jaya Gora Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. Acharyatna Shivasa, Jagannat Mishrapasa. Oh, that's not the right tune. Ashitanre kara savadana karaila jata karma yechali vida dharma tava mishra kara nana dhana Acharyatna Chandraseka Acharya Srivas Srivas Thakur Jagannath Mishra Pasa at the house of Jagannath Mishra Ashi coming Tanre unto him kare do Savadana attention, Karaila executed, Jata karma, the auspicious ceremony at the time of birth, Ye whatever, Achille there was, Vidi dharma regulative principles of religion, Dave at that time, Mishra Jagannath Mishra, Kare does, Nana varieties, Dana charities. Translation by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada. Chandrasekhar Acharya and Srivast Thakur both came to Jagannath Mishra and drew his attention in various ways. They performed the ritualistic ceremonies prescribed at the time of birth according to religious principles. Jagannath Mishra also gave varieties of charity. Omagyana Timurandasya Janajanal Shalakaya Chakshurudmilisam Jaina Tasmai Shri Guruvei Namaha I was born in the darkest ignorance, and my spiritual master opened my eyes with the torch of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisances unto him. Shri Chaitanya Manovistam Stapitam Jena Bhutale Swayam Rupakadamayam Swapadantikam. When will Srila Rupa Goswami Prabhupada, who has established within this material world the mission to fulfill the desire of Lord Chaitanya, give me shelter under his lotus feet? Vancha kalpa tarubhyashra kripa sindhubhyavacha patita nam pavanebhyo vaishnavebhyo namo namaha. I offer my respectful obeisances unto the Vaishnav devotees of the Lord. They are just like desire trees and can fulfill the desires of everyone. And they are full of compassion for the fallen conditioned souls. Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasari Gauravaktavrinda. I offer my respectful obeisances unto Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Lord Nityananda, Sri Advaita, Gadadhar Pandit, Sri Thakur, and all the devotees of Lord Chaitanya. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So yesterday was Lord Chaitanya's appearance day. We celebrate Gora Purnim. It happens on the full moon during you know, this time. So today is the festival of Jagannath Mishra. It's a very special day, an auspicious day as well, because this is when um, 
father of Lord Chaitanya celebrates the birth of his um, child, his son. And Lord Chaitanya appeared 500 years ago. So these last few days, we've had the pleasure of hearing about some of these pastimes, about why he came. Um, we talked about the external reasons of why he came, right, to deliver the Yuga Dharma, um, which is the religion of this age, and to give us namas and kirtan. He came to please his devotees. Advaita Acharya had spent some, you know, was noticing the decline of um, the world, like how people were becoming more and more degraded. And so he prayed for um, Krishna to come. So Lord Chaitanya came to please his devotee. And he also came to give love of God to everybody through the, the holy name. And he made it available for everyone. We also discussed last night, he had his own internal reasons. I won't go into those today, but you can always catch the SoundCloud um, recording of Ritatva Jaswami's lecture yesterday and Sunday night. They were really wonderful. So today we're celebrating, um, it's called the Festival of Jagannath Mishra. And I'm going to go back and read text 107, and then um, I'll read 108 again, and then 109, because they kind of give you a good idea of, of this celebration. It says, No one could understand who was coming and who was going, who was dancing and who was singing, nor could they understand one another's language. Yet all unhappiness and lamentation were immediately dissipated, and people became all jubilant. Thus Jagannath Mishra was also overwhelmed with joy. Chandrasekhar Acharya and Srivas Thakur both came to Jagannath Mishra and drew his attention in various ways. They performed the ritualistic ceremonies prescribed at the time of birth according to religious principles. Jagannath Mishra also gave varieties of charity. Whatever riches Jagannath Mishra collected in the forms of gifts and presentations, and whatever he had in his house he distributed among the brahmanas, professional singers, dancers, bhattas, and the poor. He honored them all by giving them riches and charity. This is a common concept in India, right, in Vedic times, that um, at, to celebrate the birth of a child, charity is given to all the brahmanas and you know people that need it. Um, we also see that gifts were given. If, when we read through all these descriptions of Lord Chaitanya's birth, we see that so many people gifted so many things to the family of Lord Chaitanya. And indeed, we can see, you know, that gift-giving propensity is there. I was noticing this morning on the altar that, um, you know, the lordships have new flower vases, and the vases that go on the flower, the flower vases go on brand new. They have new frames for the um, parampara. So I was noticing these things, that this, you know, it's natural when it's somebody's birthday, we want to give them gifts, and that's what we tend to do too, right? Like when it's my birthday, I expect gifts from people, even if it's just the presence of my friend, right? Like, they're, they're, they're um, trying to think of the other word, because I'm not saying presence, I'm saying presence. But them being there in front of me, with me, hanging out with me, right? What? Association, Association exactly, is, is a great gift. Um, so here we're also seeing that you know, that happens, but it's also important for whoever's birthday it is to give in charity, to give um, to others in, in need, to give gifts. 
And I was thinking about that, and I remember when I was growing up, when you'd go to someone's birthday party, you'd definitely bring them a gift, but you always get a goodie bag, right, a swag bag um, on your way out. And we always, I always looked forward to that goodie bag because sometimes people would put some really nice things in there. Um, and so we have that in our culture and, well, in the American culture as well, just in a smaller way, to give gifts on our own birthday. Also, when we look at um, Krishna's uh, pastimes, Krishna Leela, Nanda Maharaj does, does the same thing on the day after um, Krishna's appearance. Right? If we read through on Srimad Bhagavatam 10.5, um, text 1 to 3, it says, Nanda Maharaj was naturally very magnanimous, and when Lord Sri Krishna appeared as his son, he was overwhelmed by jubilation. It's very similar, right? Jagannath Mishra was overwhelmed with joy. Therefore, after bathing and purifying himself and dressing himself properly, he invited brahmanas who knew how to recite Vedic mantras. And Jagannath Mishra does the same. He's got Chandrasekhar, Acharya, and Srivast Thakur that come to help um, with the ceremonies. After having these qualified brahmanas recite auspicious Vedic hymns, he arranged to have the Vedic birth ceremony celebrated for his newborn child according to the rules and regulations. He also arranged for worship of the demigods and forefathers. Nanda Maharaj gave two million cows, completely decorated with cloth and jewels and charity to the brahmanas. He also gave them seven hills of grain, covered with jewels and with cloth, decorated with golden embroidery. So again, the concept is to give in charity. And here it's describing cows, um, with Jagannath Mishra, it just it says riches. It doesn't actually specify what. So, this is the key point, right? We want to give in charity, um, especially when we're celebrating the birth of someone. So, if we read on Chaitanya Charita Murtha, um, chapter uh, chapter thirteen, text one hundred of the Adi Lila, the purport, Srila Prabhupada said, is it is customary among Hindus that at the time a child is born. The parents distribute great charity and jubilation. Advaita Acharya was actually interested in distributing charity because of Lord Chaitanya's birth at the time of the lunar eclipse. People could not understand, however, why Advaita Acharya was giving such a great variety of things in charity. He did not, uh, he did so not because of the lunar eclipse, but because of Lord's taking birth at that moment. He distributed charity exactly as Vasudev did at the time of Lord Krishna's appearance. So Advaita Acharya is not the, you know, he's not a parent for Lord Chaitanya. He's just giving in charity because of the appearance of the Lord. So we can take this example of Lord Advaita Acharya and give in charity because we're happy and excited to celebrate the birth of Lord Chaitanya. And, um, let's see. So we want to give in charity. So if we think about it, what's the greatest gift that we can give? Obviously, you know, we want to give money, right? Money's good always to give in charity. And if you're looking for a cause, apparently there's a fundraiser for the Festival of Joy, which is coming up in a few weeks. So, you know, you can always donate there. And um, I've mentioned before, you know, the TKG Academy is another great 
place to make donations, the temple itself, um, Temple of Vedic Planetarium, Cow Protection. These are really great charities that we can donate to. But what is what are some other things that we can gift to people? Knowledge of the self, right? I'm sorry? The Maha Mantra. So when we give the Maha Mantra and knowledge of the self, what are we giving? Food for the soul, Krishna. So we're giving love, right? Love for Krishna, right? And all of us are looking for love. We just want to be loved. I think um, I think it was Nityananda Prabhu yesterday said that you know we will forego comforts of life to have love. Right? We will. We we're not so concerned about food or um, shelter, but we really want love. We want you know that really makes us feel good to have a place to belong. The problem is we're looking for love in all the wrong places. I was reading this article on love, and it was talking about that the three stages of love. The first stage of love is that um, I need you to love or need me. So this is like um, kind of what we would talk about conditional love. right? I need the outside world to appreciate me, to validate me, to respect me, to love me. Um, I need the outside world to be a certain way so I can feel loved. You know, my parents have to approve of me. I have to make so much money to feel love. My partner has to behave in ways that I like. And and if they don't, then I'm not going to love them, right? I'm not going to give them love. Or if I have a partner that has the same type of attitude, friend, that if I, you know, do something that they don't like and they just withdraw their friendship or they withdraw their love from me. So in that, in that, in this type of love, love just evaporates the moment the world stops meeting our conditions. This type of love is temporary, it's transitory, it's conditional, um, and it's not fulfilling. So many move on from stage one to stage two of love. Stage two is I will love myself. I will find that completeness in myself. I don't need anyone else to love me. I'll, um, you know, do self-care, take myself to a spa, get my nails done, um, recite daily affirmations. You know, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And doggone it, people love me. Um, so, you know, these kinds of things, I can even say to myself, I love, you know, I love you, Jay Shree. You're, you're a great person. You do great things. And this is good, right? We want to have that kind of self-confident. Problem is, it's also not fulfilling and it's not complete. We try to be complete. We think we can acquire both masculine and feminine qualities to feel whole, but we're lacking something. So... You know, after a while, we feel incomplete. Um, in this type of love, even when we have a relationship with someone, we're not so willing to give the love, right? We only have the love for ourselves. So in stage one, we want love coming from inside, from outside in. And from stage two, it's just inside in, right? Like we're just finding love for ourselves. 
So that brings us to stage three, which is defined as I am love itself. It's realizing we have an endless wellspring of love sourced deep within our very own heart. That we can radiate love into the world because we, we won't run out. We have enough to love ourselves and to love everybody around us. We can give this love to everyone we meet, right? No discrimination from, you know, people that work at the store, you know, the post office, people that are driving near us and next to us in traffic. Um, we can express, you know, um, spread love to all the uh, animals and the plants that we come across. So we don't make any kind of distinction in that type of things. And it helps with when you have this kind of love to not feel anxious, you know, because we're just emanating joy and love. So this sounds really familiar, too. I was reading that, and I thought, oh, this is like um, Bhagavad Gita verses 6, uh, 6, 8, and 6, 9, where Krishna says, a person is said to be established in self-realization and is called a yogi, when they are fully satisfied by virtue of acquired knowledge and realization, such a person is situated in transcendence and is self-controlled. They see everything, whether it's pebbles, stones, or gold, as the same. A person is considered still further advanced when they regard honest well-wishers, affectionate benefactors, the neutral mediators, envious friends and enemies, the pious and the sinners, all with an equal mind. So this is what we want to achieve, this love for everybody without discrimination. Um, and when we look at Lord Chaitanya and his mission here, that's what he wanted to distribute, this love of God to everybody. Because he realized that when we tap into the source of love, which is Krishna, then we can also feel love and have that love to give. I was listening to um, a lecture by my Guru Maharaj Tamal Krishna Goswami, and he um, said, Love is the willingness to serve someone else without any thought or expectation of something in return. And if we look at the nectar of devotion and the description of Uttama Bhakti, which is the highest form of devotion, the highest form of devotion is free from any type of fruit of desires, speculative thoughts, and any desire, even for liberation. It only has one motive, love, pure devotional service. So when we are practicing pure devotional service, the motive is love for Krishna. And in order to achieve love for Krishna, we have to engage in pure devotional service. And that means that we're doing these things without any expectation of return. You know, a lot of times when we think about our interactions with people, it's, you know, I'll do this because... I'll get something in return, right? I'll um, show you love. I'll do something for you because I know that you'll show me love and do something for me. And if you don't, well, then I may stop doing something for you. Well, really, this isn't love. This is business, right? It's transactional. It's saying, okay, you know, you did this for me, so I'm going to pay you back with this. And then, you know, sometimes people, like, keep track or they keep account and they feel like, oh, my God, I'm doing so much more for you than you do for me. And then they start to feel resentment, and the relationship then breaks. And I'm sure we've all had this experience. I know I've had this experience where that's happened, right? Where 
someone feels like they're doing more for me than I'm doing for them, or I feel like I'm doing more for them than they're doing for me, and you start to build resentment. And really, the idea is <clears throat> that's not pure love. Again, that's, that's a way of you know looking at business. Pure love has no requirement like that. It has no demands. It simply says, "Let me serve you." And when we're fe- when we're engaged in pure love, when we um, are um, giving to someone, we're always going to feel like we're getting more than we're giving. Right? Instead of feeling like we're giving more than we're getting, we feel so grateful for the love that we're feeling that there's nothing that we can do that can pay it back, right? We feel forever indebted. And that's what, you know, when I think about that kind of love, I definitely feel like I had that kind of love for my mom, right? She's done so much for me, and there's no way I could ever pay her back. I mean, you know, we have our disagreements. We have our friction. You think I fight a lot with my mom. But at the end of the day, I, you know, I love her, and no matter what, she loves me. And, um, you know, I always feel like, she asked something of me whether I want to do it or not. I do it because she's done so much for me growing up and taking care of me. And I also feel that way about my spiritual master, Chamal Krishna Goswami. He's liberated me. He's brought um, Krishna into my life. And so, you know, that's a debt I can never repay. But I can try by, you know, in, um, engaging in Krishna consciousness and in... Um, perfecting my life in that way. And it's the same thing that we feel for Srila Prabhupada and the whole parampara and all going all the way back to Lord Chaitanya. And when I'm reading these stories about Lord Chaitanya, it's like amazing what he did to bring us the, you know, the religion of this age, the Yuga Dharma, which is Harinam, which is chanting the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So he came 500 years ago to give us this pure devotional love, and he gave us the means to do it as well. So how do we get this pure devotional love? By chanting the holy names, by chanting Krishna's names. And Chaitanya Charitamrita Adilila Chapter 7, text 76, says, Hare Nama, Hare Nama, Hare Nama, Eva Kevalam, Kalo Nasteva, 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 Gatiranyata. For spiritual progress in this age of Kali, there is no other way, no other way, no other way to the holy name, um, except for the holy name, and then, you know, of the Lord. So we chant the holy name, and we want to give the holy name. That's why when we have festivals like the Festival of Joy where we get to go out to the streets, or last night we took Gorgni Thai out um, around the block for a little parikram, we're chanting, and so many people get to hear this chanting that you know that they would normally not get to hear it. Um, when we go out Festival of Joy, same thing, we'll be out in downtown, and so many people will be able to hear the holy name and get purified from hearing the holy name from that. But these kinds of things, what they happen once a year. So how can we in our everyday lives, you know, give the holy name to other people? Well, you know, obvious things are we can um, go out on book distribution, which is some people go like door to door 
um, presenting some of Srila Prabhupada's books that talk about Krishna. Some people go to like parking lot or shopping mall or different places where people are and they hand out books. I know for me personally, that's very difficult. Like it doesn't, it's very hard for me to do that. Um, so from me, and I feel like another great way to be able to give the holy name is to practice Krishna consciousness ourselves, to engage in our daily activities in such a way that we're always thinking about Krishna. We talked about this before. So this is, you know, making sure we're taking prashadam every day, that we're chanting our prescribed number of mantras every day, that we are um, associating, hanging out with other people, other devotees every day. We're hearing and chanting Krishna's names every day. And when we do that, we become the example. We become, um, you know, what's called acharya, right? Living example of the teachings. In um, Chaitanya Charitamrita Adi Lila, chapter 9, text 39 to 43. Lord Chaitanya says, distribute this Krishna conscious movement all over the world. Let people eat these fruits and ultimately become free from old age and death. One who has taken birth as a human being should make their life successful and work for the benefit of all other people. It is the duty of every living being to be, to perform welfare activities for the benefit of others with their life, wealth, intelligence, and words. By one's work, thoughts, and words, an intelligent person must perform actions which will be beneficial for all living entities in this life and the next. So Lord Chaitanya has given us this instruction that, you know, perfect our lives, right? By one's work, thoughts, and words, we can perform our actions, and we can perform welfare activities for the benefit of others with our own life and the way we're living Um and being in that example, if we read on further in um, chapter 9, on text 128 in the Madhya Lila, Lord Chaitanya says, Instruct everyone to follow the orders of Lord Sri Krishna as they are given in the Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam. In this way, become a spiritual master and try to liberate everyone in this land. So if we want to dedicate ourselves to Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which, you know, after his birth, we want to give him a gift, Right. And the best way to give him a gift is to give the gift that he wants to give to others. And we want to do this because, you know, like I said, we feel indebted to Lord Chaitanya for giving us the holy name, for giving us this love of Krishna. And we feel love for Lord Chaitanya. And because we feel love, we, we want to please him. You know, he doesn't want anything from us. He doesn't expect anything from us. Lord Chaitanya actually says, you know, he's giving this fruits freely to everyone. Doesn't There's no qualification. He's not saying, I'm only going to give this to you if you, you know, um, do this, if you give it to other people. He says, I'm going to give this to you, whether or not you give it to other people. So he has no, qual- you know, he's put no expectations or qualifications on us. But we feel indebted, right? We are inspired by him to... You know, ask him, what do you want from us? And here's, you know, the instruction. Give other people. Perfect your life and give other people. 
but it doesn't mean we wait, right? We're not going to wait until, okay, I'm going to wait till I'm a pure devotee and all I'm thinking about is Krishna before I go out and give out the holy name. No, whatever little bit I'm learning, I'm, you know, I want to give out to others. You know, if I've learned all we want to do is chant and I feel good chanting, then I'm going to tell other people, hey, chant. Let's do this. Let's chant together. That's a, you know, that's a way to engage people in, on the level that we are, right? So whether you've been coming to the temple for a week, a year, 10 years, 20 years, you know, we can always give, um, Krishna consciousness to others in the way that we are, um, realizing Krishna consciousness and, and experiencing it ourselves. It's more difficult to tell someone to do something if you're not doing it yourself. You know, when I, um, give advice to some of my patients to, you know, follow a healthy lifestyle. I remember one time I was telling one of my patients that, you know, exercising is important. And he goes, well, do you exercise? And I was like, yes. Right. So when you are telling people things that are important for them to do for their lives, they wonder, are you doing this? Are you setting the example? Or are you just telling me to do this? Right. Um, so we want to make sure that, you know, we're engaging at the level that we can and giving the instructions to others as well. And the best way to do that is to, um, preach by example, like I said, and we discussed this last week, right? To be a lighthouse, a lighthouse just stands in one place, shines its light and the boats come to the lighthouse. You know, it doesn't go out, um, looking for boats and dragging them in. It just says, this is where I am at. I'm giving, I'm shining the way for you. And, you know, like I said, it's always been a little bit of a, a um, difficulty for me because I'm not one to go out on books and preach and walk up to someone and say, oh, have you heard of Krishna? And, you know, it just, it I don't know, it feels uncomfortable. Maybe I just need to get out of my comfort zone. But I remember one time I was... Um, once a month, um, a couple of friends of mine and I, we do like these healthy living seminars. And so we had done a healthy living seminar and this one person that was there, he came up to me later and we were talking and somehow or another, he started asking me about my spiritual life. Like, what are you doing? Or do you meditate? And I told him I was. And, you know, the crazy thing is that usually I don't have any of Prabhupada's books with me. And at that moment, in that particular time, I happened to have Krishna, the Reservoir of Pleasure pamphlet in my purse. I don't know why. I mean, it was just there. And I gave it to him. And he was so excited. And he looked at the picture. He goes, oh, this is so beautiful. And, you know, that's the kind of engagement I've had as far as being able to give out books. There was another occasion where I was... um, on the plane, I was flying on the plane and I happened to have a Nershingadev t-shirt on. And the person next to me goes, oh, is that Nershingadev? And I was like, yes. You know about Nershingadev? And he's like, yes, I've read um, Prabhupada's Bhagavad Gita. And I was like, oh, that's so wonderful. What did you like about that? And we started discussing it. And this was, um, you know, a young man who um, was raised in India and had read other versions of the Bhagavad Gita. So we started talking about it, and he, you know, we started talking philosophy, and it got into a little bit of a, a debate, not really, you know, um, too much, but we just got into a really good discussion. And it's funny because I was able to 
engage in that discussion because I had been reading the Bhagavad Gita. And he was shocked to realize that I kind of knew my stuff, right? Like I was like, oh yeah, but in Bhagavad Gita, you know, chapter six, Krishna says this, or in, you know, somewhere along the way, sometimes I don't remember exactly where, but I was saying, but he says this, you know, later on. And so we were going back and forth like that. And I, you know, realized that even just a few years ago, I would not have been able to engage in that way because I wasn't reading. And because I was reading, he was more open you know, it was obvious to him, and he was more open to hearing what I was saying. Because he realized that these were, you know, things that I had thought through, and that I wasn't just giving, you know, um, rote memorization. It was actual realizations that I had. Unfortunately, I did not have a book to give him. And, you know, I think after that and the other experience, I realized that I need to kind of always have books with me, because I never will know when that opportunity will come. And, you know, I, and I have to attribute that's just me being myself that's making myself available to those things, right? Um, being open to that conversation. So we want to tap into this love of Krishna and give it to others as freely as we can. You know, when we read this description of love, to just emanate love, to have enough love for everybody, whoever we meet, there are no enemies, there are no, you know, we we may favor some people, we have people that we associate more with, right? But in general, there are no enemies. Everybody's, you know, well-wishers, everybody's dealing with their own trauma and hurt. And um, while they may say something that can be hurtful, you know, it's because they're in pain themselves. And if we feel love for them, then we can definitely feel empathy and compassion for them that, you know, they're saying hurtful things because they're they're hurting. Um, and so, you know, if we're feeling love, then we can just give them love in return, regardless of, you know, what they're throwing at us. And the best way to do that is to hear and chant and to continually improve our hearing and chanting, right? Because... Um, we talked about the mind is so restless, right? When we sit down to chant, oh my God, I have to get this done. And, oh, did I go and um, drop off that mail? Or, you know, like so many thoughts come to our head um, while we're chanting. And the idea is we want to just focus on the holy name, hearing it and um, listening to it. But it's not just that. We want to um, really feel that love, right, that we're talking about. We want to start feeling that love. And we want to um, almost beg for that love. So when we're chanting, it's like we're begging Krishna, please give me this love. Please engage me in your service. You know, I um, recently had a friend telling me that she was going through... um, you know, some difficulty with another friend of hers. They were kind of in conflict because, you know, her friend claimed that a few times when he was trying to confide to her, she was on her phone and she wasn't listening. She wasn't giving him the the attention and care that she needed. And I was thinking, you know, how many times have I been playing on my phone, chanting my rounds? How must Krishna feel, right? He's, I'm calling here to hang, for him to hang out with me, to associate with him. 
And then I'm hanging out on my phone and not paying any attention to him. Or, you know, I, if you're with somebody and you're talking to them, but you can obviously tell that their mind is somewhere else, it's not really fun talking to them. You're just like, okay, well, I'll just be quiet because I know you're not really listening. It's the same thing if we're chanting, you know, Krishna's like, even if you don't have a phone in your hand, even if you're don't, you know, just sitting there chanting, but your mind is doing all these other things, Krishna's like, but you called me here. Why aren't you paying any attention to me, right? So we want to really tap into that hearing and chanting. How can we really engage with Krishna and feel that love that we have for him? You know, it's there. It's just dormant. You know, we have to wake it up. Um, and so I know for me personally, one way I'm going to do that is this weekend in Houston, there is a Japa retreat um, workshop with Romapad Swami. I've been before, and it's amazing. Um, you just, after I go, I get so invigorated and motivated and inspired to chant these types of rounds where, you know, engage in the Maha Mantra, where I'm really trying to engage with Krishna. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, in another month, there is the, um, it's called the Living Name Retreat with Sachidanda Swami in New Vrindavan. I've been to that before too, and that one's absolutely amazing. And I'd like to go. It's just, um, finances are a little tight, so I'm trying to figure out a way how to go to that retreat as well. Um, but there's always these kinds of retreats that are going on. Um, you know, and we can always create a little retreat or a workshop for ourselves, right? Get together with a few people, you know, maybe a Saturday morning or Sunday morning and chant together and discuss, you know, some of the reflections that we had during our chanting, um, help each other stay focused. You know, so these are the kinds of things that we can do for um, each other and ourselves to help propagate ourselves um, in Krishna's service and to help propagate others in Krishna's service. And this is the way we can honor Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Um, and also we want to realize that, you know, all these things, it's a call to action. It's not a call for perfection, right? We don't have to be perfect if we're not, you know, sometimes we feel like if we're not doing it all, if we're not engaging 100% with the chanting, then we're not going to do it at all. No, it's a call to action. It's a call to say, okay, we're going to try to be intentional. We're going to work on these things. So, you know, in some places of in India, um, this festival, or Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Appearance Day, is also celebrated as Holi, the Festival of Colors. For some places of India, this is the new year. So, you know, if we take that into account, this is a new year. We can make certain resolutions. We can make certain um, promises or endeavors, goals, right, that we want to focus on this chanting of the Maha Mantra to elicit this pure love of God in not just ourselves, but in everyone around us. So that's all I have for this morning. What questions do you have for me? Okay. So if there are no questions, then I will end here. I'm going to just because I don't know how to...
I guess Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Ki Jai. Hare Krishna.